have a problem every year around MLK Day because Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for some reason has been treated as America's civil rights mascot. On this day, you'll have folks who would have never in their life marched with, agreed with, voted with anything he believed in. One of the biggest bigots in the United States Congress, he had the audacity to send out a Dr. King quote. The march has begun every day we rise like the sun. Good evening, I'm your host and producer Sharon Hinton on Another Level. We're live tonight and it's usually a night that I'm not usually here but I need you to be here with me because it's going to be me and you tonight. Um, being transparent, something happened to me and a member of my family. We were scammed, bamboozled, um, led astray out of almost $2,000. And if you think it couldn't happen to you, well, I didn't think it could happen to me, and it did. So tonight we're talking about all sorts of scams, all sorts of schemes to take your hard-earned money, and they don't care about you. This is On Another Level. Scam alert. Stay tuned and get a paper and pencil. I got some information for you. The latest scam has thieves taking over a victim's online bank account. CBS 2's Christine Lazar spoke with a victim who lost his life savings to scammers. This man, now serving in the military overseas, asked us not to share his name, but wants to share his story because he was left without a penny to his name. It all started with a phone call from a person posing as a representative of his credit union. The guy said, there's a suspicious uh, transaction going on at Chicago and uh, are you currently at Chicago right now? He wasn't in Chicago. The scammer then told him to verify his identity and knew enough basic information about him to sound credible. He just got all my name, rank in the military, and also the, my home address all correctly. And I just believed that guy. Information likely gleaned from public records. The thieves even spoofed a phone number that looked nearly identical to the credit unions. The thieves convinced the 25-year-old to click a link texted to him and reset his bank password. Starting at that point, I pretty much got no control of my bank account. They drained his savings and checking accounts, about $7,000, and even opened up a $6,500 loan in his name. And then the line went dead. Cybersecurity expert Crane Hassold says scammers try to catch victims off guard. A lot of the scams that are out there are simply trying to get people to not pay attention to what's, to what's actually going on, trying to get them to make decisions very quickly. Thankfully, his credit union investigated and reimbursed him for his loss. Experts say he did everything right by reporting the fraud immediately so the bank could reverse some of the money transfers. Often people are too embarrassed to report the fraud right away, and that could cost them greatly. And it could cost you. It almost cost me and my family member. Um, so, and I thought about, you know, this, this reporter um, that you just saw, said that people don't talk about it because they feel embarrassed. People don't talk about it, they don't share about it, you're angry, you're pissed off, you're consumed with trying to get your money and you don't wanna tell anybody. You think you're you know, the sharpest knife in the drawer, you're too smart for all this other stuff. I wanna read an article, um, I, yes I'm an elder, and so I get on a regular basis 
um, the AARP magazine, right? And so this is uh, January, February 2024, AARP bulletin. And it says, 20, it says uh, 22 fraud alert, fighting back how I finally beat hackers. Now I'm telling you to get a piece of paper and a pencil. If you guys can keep up that live um, phone call, because it's going to be me and the people calling up here. So keep that up there. I want you to call in. As I have told people, this happened a couple of weeks ago. As I told people what had happened to me, then I started hearing all these stories about what had happened to people I knew, and they never told anybody. I mean, the numbers were astounding. And this, these are just people I knew. So then when I also started doing research for this particular program, and we're focusing on scams and scam alerts. If I can help one of you, at least one of you, from this happening to you, then I feel like I have done my best. Well, maybe not my best, but I've done more than what a lot of people um, do. Because what you do is you, you shut up. You don't tell people. And then it happens to somebody that knows you, right? So this article is called Fraud Watch. It's in AARP. I'm going to read it to you. So while you're getting your pen and your paper, because I'm going to give you a lot of numbers so that you can really be better armed and more aware and you don't end up being the next person. Or if it happened to you, then share what's happening. Um, a member of my family said, you know, if you come on here and you tell people what they did, they're just going to change it. Well, okay, let's keep them on their toes. They have to change it. These people, if they put the effort into starting businesses and doing something else, although this is a business, billions of dollars have been stolen, billions, and several billion, tens of billions of dollars were stolen during the pandemic from people that needed, so it's EBT cards and then the EDD cards. So depending on where you are in the country, it's called one thing or another. But they, they spend their time, they team up, They've got a whole boiler room full of people, and their job, just like the devil, is steal, kill, and destroy. Steal your finances, kill your dreams, destroy your life. They don't care. So this article is called, When Hackers Attacked Me, How I Survived an Onslaught on My Accounts by Cyber Thieves, and it's by Rob Tannenbaum. Rob Tannenbaum is a journalist who has written for the New York Times the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, Blender, GQ, and many other publications. This guy. So he starts out the article, one day in late September, I woke up to an alarming text from my investment advisor saying he had replied to the email I'd sent him. Problem was, I hadn't sent him an email. Muttering expletives, you know what that is, right? Anyway, I hurriedly checked online and saw that someone had logged into my investment account and transferred out $4,000. I'd been hacked and robbed. Up to then, I had felt safe from the scourges of phishing attacks and fraud as I considered myself a savvy internet traveler. But, in, but it quickly became clear that cyber thieves were far more savvy than me. Within days, I was facing a full onslaught from online thieves. This is a man, he's obviously educated. He's in the news media, and he thought he was cool. He thought he knew. Even before the $4,000 was stolen, I'd noticed unusual activity in my accounts. I had received fraud alerts on two credit cards within minutes, both of which I canceled. Now knowing the attack was real, I checked my online account at a large retail chain. Two smartphones 
were in the shopping cart to be shipped to a sketchy mail drop point to Writerstown, Maryland, a locale I'd never visited. My digital wallet had a Bancorp bank credit card, which I hadn't ordered. Did hackers have all my passwords? Next, I discovered my Amazon account had been locked due to suspicious activity. I hadn't received any notifications from Amazon, so I called customer service. A smart representative advised me to check my email account and look at any filters that had been set up. As he suspected, hackers had blocked all emails from Amazon or my bank. This meant the hackers had not only my Amazon password, but my email password too. I suspected my computer might have malware, but two programs showed it was clean. My computer consultant mentioned that he'd once been hacked through his router, which he told me was the most vulnerable part of the home network. So I changed the router password and the Wi-Fi password too. I'm talking to people that have cable. So if you have cable, you know you have a router. If you can watch me tonight, you have a router and it has a password, okay? Next step was the time-consuming project of changing dozens of website passwords, one by one. When I opened my password manager and looked at the account data, I saw it had been accessed by two browsers that weren't mine. This is what he said. Both were computers in Readerstown, Writerstown. It was a gut-wrenching feeling to realize that even as I was changing passwords, listen to this, even as I was changing passwords, hackers could see what I was doing. This is his home computer in his home. He's doing security to change his passwords and they can see what he's doing on his computer. I logged out of the two alien browsers and changed the password so they couldn't log back in. Getting Amazon to unlock my account was an ordeal. Customer service referred me to two different departments, neither of which can be reached by phone, and my emails drew automa automated replies. A public relations manager at Amazon offered to fast track my problem, and even then, getting my account back to normal took weeks. The Amazon PR manager declined an interview but said via email, quote, Amazon has systems in place to proactively protect customers and detect suspicious transactions. In the rare case where a customer had a bad experience, we go above and beyond to make things right, close quote. This is the Amazon rep, right? That may be true. This is the, this is the um, author of the article, Rob Tannenbaum is saying, that may be true, but my experience suggests cyber thieves love the site. My hackers even sent me a legit looking email from Amazon customer service offering to help restore my account. These are the hackers, right? It linked to a page that asked for my social security number. That's when I realized the hackers were cleverly posing as Amazon to gain even more information. It took dozens of hours and untold amounts of stress but I was finally able to resolve all the hacking issues. Happily, my bank restored the $4,000. The main holdover from the hacking is a constant flood of phishing attempts. Phishing is when they're flooding 
and your social, your, your computers, everything to try to get information. Within days, I was told I won 10 iPhones and a dozen Costco gift cards. Lucky me. The hacking attempts have stopped for now. I still check my phone every morning for fraud alerts. I've tightened up my online hygiene. I, can I can't reverse the damage from the recent attack, but I hope to be better prepared the next time it happens, and it will, which is why we're doing the show tonight. Scam alerts to bring your attention to another level. We're on a level, on another level here to bring awareness to how people are stealing your money. They're just not walking up to you and trying to dip what we call old school dip in your pockets or steal your handbag. They are using your equipment, your bank information, your phones and electronic programming to steal your hard earned money and they don't care. Pay attention, get your pen and paper, paper or whatever you're gonna take this note on and look at this more information. Roll the clip. Consumer Confidential. The new year is a good time to declutter, and that includes our devices, because doing a little digital organizing can make your life so much easier and, uh, down the line, protect us from online threats. Here to help, NBC News Senior Consumer Investigative Correspondent, Vicki Wynn. Vicki, good morning. Hi, good morning. Happy New Year. It's great to see Happy all new of you. Happy New Year. Okay, so we want to get this going. So how, step one, to declutter and protect our devices. The first thing you need to do is take stock, take an inventory of all the different devices that you have data on your phone, your tablet, your laptops, and what are the accounts that you're using most often? For a lot of people, it's photo accounts, it's financial accounts, and emails, of course, right? And here's the thing, it seems daunting and overwhelming to go through literally the thousands of photos that we may be taking in one month, but maybe you're in the car pickup line for your kid every day, and yeah. you know you're sitting in the car for 10 minutes. Instead of mindlessly scrolling through a social media app, Take that time, go through your photos, delete all the pictures that you have of Craig with his eyes closed. Yeah. Right? That's going to clear up a lot of space for you. And same in the messages Sorry, apps. I don't have a lot of pictures of you. <laughs> a lot of videos take up a lot of space in yeah. your messages apps mm -hmm. on your phone, and that yeah. slows down your phone. And then finally, email. Think about the tax documents, the bank statements, things that are very sensitive that you may have sitting in your email. All it takes is one hacker to get into your email, do a search, and they're going to have access. So archive those emails or delete the ones that you don't need anymore. Hmm. I feel like my email is just the place where things go to die and it's just taking up space and spaces. How yes. can I actually declutter my email? I keep getting the warning that your email is 90% oh, yes. full at work yeah. and then you're not going to be able to use it anymore. <laughs> so first, organize by size. That helps you to determine, oh my gosh, this old attachment, this PDF that's taking up all this space, I don't need it. So delete that. Then you're going to prioritize your messages. This is easy. In Outlook, it's a little thumbtack icon. You just put your cursor over it and you can pin the important emails to the top, deal with those first and then delete them. In Yahoo and Google, there's a little star that you can do that. So it just helps you to organize. But the key is purge emails yes. as much as you can um, and doing it by date or size is the easiest way to keep it organized and this there is an art to unsubscribing this okay. is so important yeah, yeah. so over the holidays a lot of people signed up for brands and stores sure. so they could get emails discount. and discounts right. exactly and that's fine you, you're probably getting inundated with those yes. emails you can unsubscribe from those reputable companies because they follow email marketing regulations now the spam and junk emails you're getting from companies and brands you don't recognize at all, do not click unsubscribe. Really? That can inadvertently 
verify that you have a real email uh, account. You want to block those senders and send them directly to junk or spam. Really? Yes. Because I get okay. them sometimes and you put in your email address yes. to, confirm yes. to confirm that you want to unsubscribe. Exactly. So if it's some sketchy oh, site man. that you don't recognize, like they're just going to send you more. Like, I keep getting emails from them. Oh, okay. okay. There you go. Let's put them on blast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do not be emailing Dylan anymore. And that's it. That's the key is marking okay. it as junk. Okay. All right, let's get into passwords. Oh, this is so perfect for you. Uh, listen, <laughs> they're just so too darn many. Like, they're I, I onerous. Yeah. Seriously. Everybody, it's the scourge of our time, yeah. right? Pew Research actually did a survey. They found seven in 10 Americans said they feel overwhelmed by the number of Ooh. passwords they have to deal I'm with. one of those Half seven. Half have anxiety over yeah. how secure they are. But despite all of that, half of us are very lazy. We don't do anything to make them secure. So the mistakes to avoid, do not recycle. No one, two, three, four, five, six. And don't just add a number or add an exclamation point. That's not enough because once those hackers, and these are like massive organized crime groups, they get one of your passwords, they can easily figure out the rest. So that's why you don't recycle. I know. So I know. We'll talk about passwords. I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cecilia Fang, our executive producer for the show, says she actually writes them down on a piece of paper and puts them on a computer. Oh, that's don't pretty do that. secure. Don't do that, especially uh, like, I just did that in any shared work spaces. Like, I can't you it. can't be putting that on paper. Don't you oh. watch Dateline? Come on, Chanel. <laughs> Don't you watch Dateline, Chanel? Yes, Craig, I see you every day on every channel. And then a word about saving your passwords on the web browser. It's super convenient. We love it. It auto-fills it out for us. But if you use a shared computer or you're at a public space like the library and you're putting in your bank information and that pops up, the next person who comes on automatically gets yeah. that saved password. So be very careful about that. So what if you use one of those like password managers or yes. an authenticator app? Okay, so first, an authenticator app is an app that is designed to deliver a time-based six-digit code. You then have to enter that code into the website to securely identify, yes, it is really me, Al Roker. That's great. There are a couple that Wirecutter recommends that are free, Duo Mobile and Authy. So those are easy ones. It's an extra step to secure your information. Now, when it comes to password managers, this is really interesting. It's exactly what it sounds like. You only have to remember one password to so the vault of these secure passwords mm -hmm. that it generates for you you. So anytime you go to a website that needs you to log in, the password manager app pops up, you enter your master password, and then it generates a secure password for you, and it remembers that for you. Right. Some cost money, some are free. These are the ones recommended by Wirecutter, Bitwarden, 1Password, and Dashlane, Wired.com, rather. Mm -hmm. That's who recommends those. I have to oh. click on one more recapture Oh, oh, I know. Motorcycle. How many oh, bikes do you see scream. in this picture? It's like, I don't know how many bicycles <laughs> or how many, how many traffic stop lights. lights. Like, is that considered oh, a stoplight? Yeah, we talked to the guy that invented those, Wait, and I really? told him. Curse you, recapture! outrage of all that. All right, but it does you. make us more secure. Thank you. You would have talked to the guy who invented it. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't miss the Today Show every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific, on our streaming channel today. <sighs> I don't know about you, but I watched this. I did the research on this, and I feel re-traumatized. Seriously. You know, <sighs> so I want to deal with a couple of different populations, right? I thought it was an age thing. And there definitely are people that are targeting elders. I am of the generation, we remember the invention of the internet. I mean, we do, let's face it. Technology and, the, and, and how quickly uh, technology has developed is overwhelming for those of us who remember a wire in the wall. It's a line, you know, a lot of people don't have a line phone right into their house. 
everybody's got a cell phone. When I grew up, there were only three characters that had cell phones, and none of them worked because it wasn't real. You had Batman in the car. Actually, it was four. Green Hornet in the car, right? And then you had um, the cartoon or the Get Smart guy talking in his, his, um, into his phone on his wrist, you know, a, a spy, right? 007. So you had 007. And then the Jetsons. You had the cartoon, the Jetsons. They would talk to the TV, the monitor. Now we have that. But back then, which was not long ago, I'm alive talking to you now. We, that was a dream. Oh, and there was, no, there was another device. On Star Trek, Uhura, the only black character during Star Trek, who to me was like a space secretary, although, you know, they elevated her in later things when she became a captain of her own starship. But originally, on Nichelle Nichols, Uhura had this communicator thing that was in her ear. Now we have those things now, and you just tap on them, and you listen to music, you listen to everything. But that was all fiction. The government probably had them, because they roll out stuff and you know, special effects and things like that, and you, then you find out, oh, they really had that. But that was stuff that we looked at on TV and in movies. It's like, oh, that would be really nice to have that. And I remember there was an um, episode of The Jetsons where the two wives were talking to each other, and um, they had a, a mask that you would hold up because their hair was all screwed up. And then the mask fell down, and you could see she had curlers, and she really looked like hell. Well, we have filters and stuff like that now. And then you use screenshots and you have, you know, backgrounds. One of these days I'm going to come in here and stop having a green screen behind me. So I maybe, you know, look like I'm uh, cable casting from the beach or something like that. We can do that stuff now. Back then you couldn't do that. Back then if somebody was going to steal from you or rob you, you had a safe in your house. Some people had this stuff in a mattress, a hole in the ground, you know, a, a false wall or a false board or something like that. Something in the backyard. I mean, it was like they had to really encroach on your personal space. Well, the encroaching on your personal space now is electronic. If you went in front of a laptop, in front of a computer, there's a camera there. Guess what? Somebody can hack that and turn that camera around on you, and you don't even know that camera's on, and they're looking in your house, and they're monitoring in your house. Someone can, now, I'll tell you what happened to us, and the person that it happened to in my family is younger than me. So I thought it was an age thing too. And there is a part of that that's true because there's a generation that's grown up with electronics all around. Electronic device, devices, internet, that's second nature now. When I was growing up, um, the remote was telling your kids to get up and change the channel. We were the remote, go change the channel. And you had to get up, you know, and if you still had a knob, then you use the knob. If not, you had a pair of pliers or something like that and you change the channel. I mean, it was primitive. We, we think it's primitive now, and it is now, but back then it wasn't, okay? So people can use your own equipment against you. Now, when we got scammed, there was a fraud alert that came in my email, and it said it's a particular bank. And I'm not going to say the name of the bank because they're not paying me, but it could be any bank, and that's the other reason I'm not using the name of a particular bank. If you can think of any major bank any of them, there's fraud and scams that are happening using the logo. And so there was a fraud alert that was generated. Somebody had tried to, had gotten information and had tried to charge something, right? And it generated a fraud alert. So when I got the phone call that said it was that bank fraud alert uh, service, customer service, I thought it was the bank calling me. 
Point number one, and I hope you got your pen. The banks will never call you about something like that. Never, 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 never. And if they call you Amazon, Zelle, bank of whatever, hang up. Then call the customer service number on the back of your card and see if they just called you. Let me tell you about another scam that I heard about researching for this program. A grandmother got a phone call saying that her grandson had been locked up and he was a bail bondsman. And in order to get her grandson out of jail, she needed to um, wire transfer some money to get him out of jail. Guess what? He was never arrested. And she sent this money. And then when she called back her grandson to see if he was okay, he was in his dorm room the whole period of time and did not know what was going on. And she lost thousands of dollars. Here's another thing, point two, that I found out from the bank from us being victimized, right? The Zelle function, a wire transfer, was actually developed and devised by the banks, major banks. Because we were scammed through the Zelle function and I followed through with it, and it was hours on the phone with several different people, we got our money back. Me and a family member, we got our money back. And it was almost $2,000. We got our money back. But they scammed us out of this money right before New Year's. So I had $1.22 in my bank. And I, I'm a praying person. Y'all know. Y'all that know me, you know I'm a praying person. I put this in the Lord's hands. And I tithe and I offer. And I said, you said you were rebuked the devourer. Well, the devil has come up and devoured my money right before New Year's. I need this money in Jesus' name. And we got the money back. But that's not always the case. And what I was told by the bank representative, if you have been scammed through Cash App, Venmo, what's the other one? Uh, PayPal, because they are third party vendors, you may not get your money back. And the scammers are so good that they'll have you sending your money to someone else and say that this is a way of checking to see if this, if this operation um, to keep the scammers out will work. So send this money right here and we'll send it right back to you. I literally was on the phone and saw my money disappear out of my bank account on the phone with someone who I thought was a representative from the bank and they were not. They were one of the scammers. They knew too much. They knew too much. And I told the bank representative, I think that these people used to work with you or they got somebody who knows your system because they knew so much it was convincing. And I thought, because the call came to me and identified. And the bank representative said, the hackers can do that. They can clone phone numbers. I said, but they had your logo too. They can do that. That's really simple. They're sophisticated. I want you to watch this next story and see another way that thieves, that the devil, I'm going to call it the devil, want to steal, kill, and destroy your money, your dreams, your life by taking your money and they don't care who you are. Watch this. Check in the mail for something you didn't do. Sounds great, but it's not a good thing. As Scam Week continues, tonight, investigator Joe Ducey lets you know why so many people fall for this one and how to know if that check is really good. She would work from home. I was supposed to be making $2,100 a month. He would test customer service. How I was treated by the cashier 
or anyone else that represented Walmart. Both put resumes on job sites, got hits and payment right away. It was like $17,000, I think, $760. $2,900. That came with the original mail. That's correct. God, you ass. She sold cosmetics online and found a buyer sending more than asking price. $1,650, and she only owed me 414 they each got checks from legitimate banks for large amounts, like these, the ones that people send me every day asking, can I deposit them? Are they real? Yes and no. Banks allow the deposit, but the checks are fake. And you don't find that out until after the scammer has instructed you to take out some of the money and send it back to them. Your money's gone. So how do you check a check? We found this Federal Reserve website and looked up this check Dottie sent me. I found the business is real, but when I put in the check routing number and the bank listed, they didn't match. Or you could just live by this rule. You don't get money for nothing. Deposit one of these upfront checks and you lose every time. Go to abc15.com, click on sections and let Joe know. Sign up for our monthly newsletter that exposes scams. You can do that right there. Need my help? Here's how to get hold of me. Unbelievable. We don't need to get hold of him because you got me right here. My name is Sharon Eaton Hinton. We are talking about Scam Alert. If I can save one, this show can save one person from this happening to you, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So one of the things that I was advised to do was to freeze credit. Because these people get information, and then they try to open up these accounts. If you have ever gotten an email that said there was a charge um, for a computer or for camera equipment or something that you know, um, and I've gotten those phone calls, but then you sort of think, well, oh, I got them. I, I caught it. They can't get me. They got me. Not on that part right there, but um, Amazon. It looks legit. And then you get some kind of bill in your email that says you've been charged this amount of money for computer or your payment has gone through. And it's like, I never charged that. Who the hell is this? Right? <sighs> so consider placing an extended fraud alert or credit freeze. Extended fraud alerts and credit freezes can help prevent further misuse of your information. And there are important differences. Remember that pen and paper I told you to get out? Okay. So if you have an extended fraud alert, a company must contact you before getting new credit, granting new credit in your name. It's free to place and remove, and it's available if someone stole your identity. It lasts for seven years. And you set it by contacting one of the three nationwide credit bureaus. So there's TransUnion, um, Experian, and Equifax. If you contact one of them, they have to contact the other two. And the number, let me give you some numbers. For TransUnion, 888-909-8872. For Experian, it's 888, we all started with 888-397-3742. For Equifax, it's 800-685-1111. For a credit freeze, it limits access to your credit report unless you lift it or remove it. It's free to place and remove. It's available to anyone. Parents, guardians, and conservators can place for children under 16 or adults underneath their care. It lasts until you lift or remove it and set it by contacting each of the three credit bureaus. You can request a credit freeze. So when you request a credit freeze and you put a fraud alert, if you've been hacked, if you're suspecting suspicious activity, do it. 
because there are people that are getting credit and buying things in your name. And I've heard when I was researching this program, things were being bought in people's names and they were being stuck with the bill. And then there was no recourse because it looks that legit. Another thing, if you know you've been hacked, contact your bank right away. Contact your bank, file a police report, um, contact the IRS. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was filing my taxes and I got a reason, and I don't, I don't personally do it, I have somebody do it. And then the response I got back from the IRS is you had already filed your taxes. I was like, what? From Texas, I've never lived in Texas. Why would you send, why would you do that? Like I don't have anything anywhere that says I have any connection, either work connection or anything in Texas. This is how deep these people are going to try to get money from you and they don't care. When I was on the phone with this guy, and it was a team, right? Um, and I was telling him, I said, man, I, I can't afford to lose any money because of boom, boom, boom. And he was just cool and calm and collected. He didn't, get, he didn't give a D-A, nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, so when you wanna contact the IRS for special assistance, you got your pen? 1-800-908-4444. Nine zero. That's with the IRS. And you never really know. As I started talking to people, I was telling you earlier about what had happened to us, then people that I knew, family members that I knew, oh yeah, that happened to me. Um, a person that I know who's a contractor, um, who does a lot of different work, and so he's supposed to be getting checks from different people, and then he has to pay um, to get materials, right? So at odd hours, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, there were charges hitting his account that identified themselves as some of these hardware stores out there. And again, I'm not gonna name them, but they're major hardware stores. And when he recognized the fraudulent activity, he stopped it and he had to work for weeks to get those charges reversed. So you have to recognize it. So monitor your accounts. I know it's a pain. But guess what? You worked hard for your money. You worked hard for your money. And these people are working hard to take your money from you. I've heard a story. Um, I don't think I have the clip from that. But this man's mother was dying of cancer. And so in settling her accounts, she set aside, because her daughter was in, um, she, was, she was disabled, and she was um, um, in an assisted living place. So she set aside $130,000 and made her son the executor of this money to take care of his sister. She died, he had the money, hackers got into his account and wiped his account out of all of his money, including the $130,000. They had to, they didn't have the money to pay for his sister. They had to take his sister out of the assisted living and they had also taken all the money he needed to pay for his mortgage and his house went into foreclosure. This is a scam alert, a special edition of On Another Level. Get your pen ready, here's some more additions more of the information during the break, and then we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sean Ferris, Chief of the Special Investigations Unit at Riverside County Department of Public Social Services. And today we're going to talk about EBT theft. EBT theft is a growing issue, not just here in Riverside County, but around the country. In California alone, $5 million in EBT benefits are stolen every month, most commonly through a method called skimming. Here in Riverside County, 
We're seeing anywhere from 50 to 100 EBT skimming crimes per month, completely wiping out customer accounts and leaving families without the means to buy food and meet their most basic needs. Today, we're going to show you how these thieves are doing it and what we're doing here at Department of Public Social Services to combat the issue and basic steps you can take to protect yourself. First, what is skimming? To answer that, I'm going to turn it over to Senior Investigative Technician, Mark Drake. Skimming is a crime where thieves capture your EBT card information while you're using an ATM machine. They do this by attaching hidden devices onto the machine to capture your EBT card information. There are two devices necessary to pull off this crime. The first device is a skimmer. It either goes over the outside of the ATM machine or it's inserted inside the ATM machine and it captures your card information. Here's an example of a deep insert skimmer. It's so thin you would never even know it was inserted in the machine. It sits inside and allows the transaction to occur naturally without the user suspecting anything was wrong with the machine. They still need your PIN number, and they go about this by attaching a camera to the outside of the machine. This is an example of a pinhole camera that we actually found on an ATM machine. It sat over the top trim piece, and there's the pinhole located at the bottom of the trim piece pointed at the pin pad that captures your PIN number as you enter it. Once the thief has the information from the skimmer and the PIN number, they have everything they need to complete the crime. The last step is to print a dummy card. There's a variety of ways they can do this, either with a gift card or a hotel card, anything with a magnetic stripe. With this information, they can take the card up to an ATM machine and drain out your account. Thanks, Mark. So what are we doing here at the Department of Public Social Services to fight back? First, we have teams of welfare fraud investigators routinely checking ATM machines throughout all of Riverside County but focusing especially on our hardest hit areas. As of the date of this filming, our investigators have found over 25 cameras countywide. Every camera represents a potential loss of thousands of dollars in EBT benefits. Additionally, we have been working with other law enforcement partners and financial institutions to take a proactive approach to prevent crimes from occurring while also aggressively investigating crimes that have already occurred. We're working hard to fight back against skimming, but there are some basic precautions you can take to make sure it doesn't happen to you. For that, let's go to Supervising Fraud Investigator Raquel Tiano. The first thing you're gonna to wanna to do when using an ATM, specifically the ones located outside of the branch or a standalone ATM, is do a visual search. What you're gonna be looking for is anything that may be recently added, anything that appears different in color from the rest of the ATM, or anything that appears loose. After doing your visual search, the next thing you're gonna to wanna to look for are any pinholes. Pinholes are about one sixth of an inch, and they are also about the size of the tip of a pencil. So you're gonna to wanna to look up top in the frame, anywhere within eyes shot of the keypad. That's normally where a pinhole is going to be located. If you feel an ATM machine has been compromised, call the number on the ATM machine to report it to the bank and then notify DPSS via our website. Regardless if you feel the ATM has been compromised or not, the best thing to do is to cover your hand as you're entering the PIN number. By safeguarding your PIN number, it makes it harder for the thieves to steal from your EBT funds. Thank you, Raquel. Now a couple of final notes. If you've had your EBT benefits stolen, reach out to the Riverside County DPSS through our Riverside County DPSS website. There you will find information on how to report your stolen benefits and start in the recovery process. If you discover a skimming device or a fraudulent EBT card, 
please reach out to the Riverside County Special Investigations Unit through the Riverside County DPSS Special Investigation Unit website, and our team of professionals will be glad to reach out to you and obtain those devices and work to complete our investigations. Riverside County Department of Public Social Services has been aggressive in combating this problem from the onset. We have a dedicated team of professionals that are committed to preventing this crime and protecting our customers. The best defense for you as a customer is to practice good card security and protect your PIN at all times. There's another, there's a promo that we didn't run and that promo is about becoming a member of BNN TV, becoming a producer here. You can go on the website, uh, bnnmedia.org and there is a WBCA radio. I have another program, a radio podcast called Black Teachers Matter, which is live. It's in a different medium, but you have stories that people need to hear. I know that people listen to my shows and watch my shows. You know how I know? Because they follow me in the store sometimes. They, girl, what you said? You know, and so we've had the phone number up for people to call in. And I'm encouraging you to call in, if you can put the number back up, so that you actually tell your story. Tell your story because people don't, if they see something in the news, I saw the stuff in the news, and I figured, ah, that's not going to happen to me. And when it did happen, then, you know, I caught it. Well, they caught me this time. These people are sophisticated. I mean, they know the lingo. They sound legit. They sound like they're, they know what they're talking about and they can talk you into it, right? So there's another article that was on that same page in the AARP. Um, for those retired people, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, the January, February, 2024 edition. And it says, use what I learned to fight back. Turn on automatic software and app updates on your computers and phones so you always have the most current fraud blocking tools. I know it's annoying. You're on the phone, it shuts down, and all of a sudden it wants to update. Your cable you know, wants to do it, cable TV wants to do it when you're in the middle of a movie, your phone wants to do it, but you need to do it because these people are always, they're like the devil. They're always perfecting how to steal your money and take your money, your hard earned money. Use two-factor authentication for logins whenever you can. It requires you to enter a newly generated code sent to your phone before you gain access to an account. So what happens is, um, say you'll try to get into a, a website or something, and then it actually will say, put in this code. And it'll say, and it'll say is this your phone number? And then it will generate um, a number that you have to text and you have to put in to identify uh, this is who you are. Or you can have a special code word that only you know. And another thing, when you are on Facebook and all these public media and you think, you know, oh, they like me and all these people like me, they like me, they really like me. And then you're posting pictures of your dog or pictures of your child or your favorite location or your mother and father's birthday and the birth date. These people are taking this information and when they're going to fish in your account and they're looking for code words, you're giving them the information. You know, your favorite dog, where you were born, your favorite color. Stop giving this information because people are going to use it against you to take your money. Um, of course, you should have unique, elaborate passwords, but you should also use a password manager such as 1Password. So it's the number one, capital P, A-S-S-W-O-R-D, 
that's one place. Bitwarden, capital B-I-T-W-A-R-D-E-N. Last Pass, capital L-A-S-T, capital P-A-S-S, or Dash Lane, capital D-A-S-H-L-A-N-E, to keep them protected and to sync the information on all your devices. So earlier in the report on the Today Show, they had a special um, report about you can have one password that's over all of your passwords, but you need, and I know it's a lot. For those of you that use a lot of social media, it's like how many, what can I think of that I can think of that I can remember? If you're using a, an office computer, do not put it on a sticky or whatever on your computer or someplace with, underneath your keyboard or something like that. That's dumb, da dum dumb. Don't do that. Freeze your credit, and we talked about that. At Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, to prevent someone from opening a credit card in your name. If you have an iPhone, turn on the Find My iPhone option, which enables activation lock and helps secure your Apple identity. iPhone, lock it. And then finally, create a dedicated email address you use only for financial services and not for work or personal email. Somebody like me, and I'm doing a lot of different things, I have emails for my nonprofit, I have an email address for different businesses, I have an email address from other organizations I'm involved with, and it's a lot, it's overwhelming. But if you don't do it and pay attention, you too could be sitting up here talking about your story. And so I wanted, there's another piece that I want you to see, and this piece right here, oh my God, um, Actually, I want, to flip the, I want to flip the clips because there's a second clip that Zell fraud cases explode. Consumer lose millions. It's a short piece. Well, it's not that short. It's five minutes. But this is, we're coming to the end of the show, and I want you to see this because Zell was used against me to take my money. Roll the clip. That's basically saying, well, yeah, you know, I'm responsible for this, and I'm not. Bank accounts drained by bad guys using Zelle. Aid on Your Side investigates how crooks are using the app to steal your money and who's on the hook if you get hit. And we're working on it. We're working to change the law to make it clear that it's the bank that's responsible, it's the bank that's liable, not the customer. Better Call Bankin uncovering how some people have managed to get their money back. Good evening, I'm Stacy Scheibel. And I'm Keith Kay. Thank you for joining us tonight. Online money transfer systems like Zelle have become the hot way to pay. Owned by seven of the nation's largest banks, Zelle could be connected to your bank account, even if you never use it. Critics warn it may also give crooks a new way to steal your money. Eight on your side, consumer investigator Shannon Bacon joins us with what you need to know. Stacey Keith, under federal law, when a crook steals your credit card information and racks up charges, you are not held responsible. But in this high-tech age, many crooks' chosen method of fraud is Zelle. The big difference here, you are not guaranteed protection. You may remember Scott Schaefer's gut-wrenching story. I'm looking at my account and all of a sudden money is being transferred to someone I have no idea who they are. Two transactions totaling $9,000. When his bank denied his claim, saying it appeared he authorized the transfers, he fought back and called Better Call Banking. If I let that go, that's basically saying, well, yeah, you know, 
I'm responsible for this, and I'm not. At first, Chase Bank stood behind its denials, but I kept digging. Six months later, the Pinellas Park Police Department found a suspect in New York, and Chase relented, giving Schaefer every penny back. Ms. Shannon, uh, you're professional and tenacious. It's a, a lethal mix. And uh, you kept on it, you didn't give up on it, uh, and uh, you did your follow-ups, and uh, I think Chase finally um, realized that this was the right thing to do. Schaefer is one of tens of thousands of people who have reported losing money through the online payment system Zelle. For some, the bad guys hack into their devices. Others fall for tricks and unknowingly allow the crook to use Zelle to transfer money. Right now, Zelle fraud falls in a gray area. While some victims eventually get their money back, many don't. Tika Bagar is one of those people. A crook pretended to be Duke Energy and swindled her out of $278. Her bank denied her fraud claim. They told me, yeah, we don't refund on Zelle. Why, do, why don't you? Didn't you get their bank? Don't you know who the person is? You are dealing with a bank. The fact that they even put it on their website tells me that they entrust in them. A recent congressional report showed that over the past 18 months, four major banks reported Zelle fraud cases of 192,878. That represents total losses of $213 million. And of all of those cases, banks reimbursed consumers in just 3,500 cases. Ed Merzwinski, senior director of the Federal Consumer Program at PERG, is among those pushing for banks to treat Zelle fraud like credit card fraud and reimburse consumers. If the banks were responsible, they'd figure it out like that. They'd figure out how to make it less probable that there's going to be fraud. In the past year, consumer advocates and some in Congress have called out Zelle and the banks that own it, seeking more protections from fraud and scams. Because it's owned by seven of the country's biggest banks. The banks should not blame all of their problems on their customers. Banks should not only help consumers when a TV reporter calls them. Banks should be responsible for making this system work better. With any peer-to-peer -peer payment app, it's best to use it only to pay friends. Do not pay businesses. Don't pay your bills this way. Crooks steal your money two ways using Zelle, either by an outright hack, and there's not much you can do to prevent that other than being careful on what you click on online. When it comes to tricks, you need to have your guard up. If someone calls saying that they're a company and that they're your bank and they're asking for sensitive information, you need to hang up. You need to call the bank number right away and call the number that's on the back of your credit card or debit card. So she and if, if money is stolen this way from you, is there any way that you can increase your chance of getting that money back? Well, there are some ways that you can increase your chances of getting your money back. You need to report it right away. You need to report it to law enforcement. You need to report it to the bank. You need to report it to the FBI. The chances of getting your money back are far greater if you get all three of those entities involved right away. It's a if, lot of work, though. And if you get the fourth one, it's better call banking. That's right. Then call me. <laughs> well, you, seriously, though, I mean, this man has $9,000, but it was because you had to get involved, and, and like the, the gentleman who interviewed, it shouldn't have to be that way. The it's banks are almost rubber saying looks good to us it looked good it sounded good they sounded good and they got me there may be someone who is watching this program and you got got do not what I kept hearing from people is don't beat yourself up don't feel so badly these people are good and they're getting better
And so we have to stay on our guard. One of the other things that I couldn't, didn't have time to, to, is that when you go to the ATM, they're putting glue so that you can't stick in your card. And then there's a person behind you that will say, trying to be helpful, oh, you can get your money out just using the tap, like that, you know, tapping. And so you tap on there and, and then the person is coming up on you. So, and then line is fall, you know, behind you, form behind you. So you want to get out of the way and you get out of the way and you don't close that transaction. You know how you go to the ATM and it says, do you want another transaction? Make sure you say no. And the screen changes because people are walking up behind trying to act like they're helpful. And then they go in there and people have lost money. People walk right up behind them and they go in there and they're pulling money out of your account. Be aware. Don't be afraid. The number to call 877-322-8228 or annualcreditreport.com. Check your credit, check your accounts, check your money, because if you don't, guarantee that somebody else is. This is a special report on another level. I'm your host, Sharon Eaton Hinton, and hopefully we brought your, your knowledge and your awareness about how people are trying to steal your money. The devil is a liar, pants on fire with gasoline drawers. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, tell the story so that we know what's going on and shut them down. God bless. I have a problem every year around MLK Day because the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for some reason has been treated as America's civil rights mascot. On this day, you'll have folks who would have never in their life marched with, agreed with, voted with anything he believed in. One of the biggest bigots in the United States Congress, he had the audacity to send out a Dr. King quote. The march has begun every day. We rise like the sun. We fight till the battle is won. Can you hear the footsteps? Listen, because we're coming like a gang on the street. So you better start running. It's time for some action now. Historical progression. Generations march in succession through 400 years. Hate, blood, sweat, and tears. And counting, the resistance is mounting. We are the uniters and not the generation of fighters. When it gets hard, we charge. Don't just get resist.